Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will have Father Michael Kapperman and Father Tony Klein in to talk about the propedeutic year, um, vocations, uh, how the seminarians are doing. And these two guys are just like some of our favorite younger priests. And I don't want to say young priests because they are like in their 30s. Right. So, <laughs> but to me, they're young. Okay. So, and to Bergwald, because now he's old. Oh, I, yeah. Am I an infant then? <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, boy. yes. Elise is like an infant baby over there. So. Hi, Elise. First, we're going to have some biblical bites with the newly old Dr. B. So, hi, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, Renee. He's just um, had a big birthday. <laughs> yes, I'm 50. He's and I'm 50. fine with that. Good. Like some I was fine with it too. Yeah, no, I'm totally right. fine were, with it. Yeah, when it happened for you a long time ago. I mean, <laughs> um, what Sunday is Less today? than a year ago. <laughs> you had to say that, didn't you? What Sunday is it today, Elise? 26th. Do you agree? Do you concur? 27th. This is like Boy, I, think, I think the Do newsletter said the 20. Oh, wait, it is the 26th because we're talking right. this coming Sunday. Yes. yes. Yes, it is. So we're going to dive right into love. Plenty of time for the yeah. interview. Um, gospel, of course, this. Sunday is from Matthew. Okay. I think you're going to say Maccabees. <laughs> no, New Testament. New Testament. I'm there. I'm with you. Uh, so it's, it's another parable. Jesus, uh, this is Matthew 21. So this is later. He's, he's, um, he's in Jerusalem. Okay. Um, this probably would be sort of, I, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, the kind of Holy Week-ish time. Oh, okay. When he's sort of coming, like he's, it's, he's, he's getting into it with the, but this is leaders. not right before he's crucified. Not this right This is like before. the year before? No, 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 no. Oh, no. this is, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, what is your opinion? And man had two sons. He came to the first and said, son, go out and work at the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not, but afterwards changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They, so the chief priests, they answered the first. Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe it him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. You, yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. So I wanted to read the whole thing just so people had a sense of where, where Jesus is going. Here's what I want to focus on, though. So uh, many listeners may already be familiar with Renee, Renee with the fact that tax collectors and prostitutes, like Jesus is saying. They're like the worst of the worst. Exactly. They, when the socio-religious ladder, the stratification, they're at the bottom. Right. Tax collectors steal from their fellow Jews mm -hmm. as part of the tax collection process and prostitutes. And just adultery is a horrible sin for mm -hmm. the Jewish people because it mirrors infidelity between the, the, them as people and God. God, sure. Well. Yep. Um, here's the thing that I want to, that I want to focus on though. Um, the, the the leaders that Jesus is talking with, the chief priests and elders, what did they do that was so bad? Why why do even the prostitutes and the tax collectors get to get into into heaven, into the kingdom of God before the religious leaders of the people? What did they do that's so bad? Uh, if I remember right, they basically talk a good game, but then don't do any of the stuff they say. Yes. Uh, um, no, that's Renee's way of saying that's, it. That's Elise. What do you think? <laughs> like, what did they do that was so bad? Aren't these good people? Aren't they doing everything they're supposed to be doing? That's kind of like what but, I. Like, oh, oh, like oh, you just are living a righteous life. Like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. they're they're doing. Aren't aren't they? Maybe they're doing it, but they're not internally there. I don't know. 
so, I don't remember. So, no, no, it's- Well, like Christ is king. Like, do they believe that? Uh, no, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so here's the end. John the Baptist came mm-hmm. um, and they believed in him. But even when you saw that, you didn't change your mind. So they're so they failing to believe. repent. Mm-hmm. John calls the, 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 the religious leaders to repentance. Again, though, one might say, but John, aren't they doing everything they're supposed to be doing? And actually, I want to go back to something that you, that you Renee, said. Outwardly, yes. Inwardly. And this is Jesus's big thing um, with the leaders. It's not just enough to do the right things. You have to have the right disposition of right. heart. And for you and I today, it's the same thing. It's not just about doing certain things. It's about the right disposition of our heart while we're doing it. Yeah. Get your heart in the right place. Amen. Yeah. Thanks, Dr. B. You bet. In the studio with me today, I have two priests who are probably some of the most well-known priests among young people in the diocese for sure. I have Father Michael Kaeperman and Father Tony Klein. Welcome, gentlemen. It's good Thanks to be here. Me. Yeah, we brought them in because so we want to talk about the propedeutic year and um, vocations in the diocese. And we've actually, we I've had... I think it was Father Scott Trainer maybe talk about propedeutic year a year or two ago when it first kind of was announced. But some things have been happening in the diocese just recently around that. So we wanted to bring it back in and kind of see what's going on. So thanks for coming in. Um, I want to first start because the two of you have roles that are kind of mm-hmm. newish, different, and nobody really understands it. <laughs> Except that's you a great guys. way of describing yes. it. Yes. Is it not, isn't that totally accurate? It's perfectly accurate. Yep. <laughs> okay. So Father Kaepernick, will you first tell us what's your role? What are you doing? Yeah. So I'm a vocations director for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. And so my principal role is to oversee the formation of the seminarians studying to be priests right. uh, is to really ensure that they're receiving the formation they need to be the healthy men of God, healthy priests of God that uh, God is calling them to be, uh, to help them to know their vocations. And then as a fruit of that, I also do some outreach of inviting new men to also enter into seminary. But principally, my work is to ensure that the men who are studying as seminarians for the Diocese of Sioux Falls receive the formation they need uh, to be the saints of God. And God, uh, if God wills it, the priest of God that they're called to be. Right. And really the big difference in this role this time is you are not, you don't have a parish. I don't have Where a parish. In the past, the vocations director has had a parish as well. Mm-hmm. So why do you, why did we do that? So part of it is, as we'll get into with the new propedeutic year, mm-hmm. uh, that part of my role is to ensure that the propedeutic men, the first year seminarians, are receiving the formation that they need. Mm-hmm. And so a real emphasis by Bishop is to ensure that the men are receiving the formation they yep. need. And with doing the propedeutic year in our diocese, uh, my work now has been, a lot of my work is actually ensuring that they're receiving the formation that they right. need. So just with the number of hours that you have in a day, uh, you can only do so much yeah. and and so to Bishop just pondering, how do we want to work with our seminarians? He really felt that, well, if we want to do this well, then we need a priest who's focused on them yeah. uh, more full time. Yeah. Um, a little more just, dedicated. Yeah. Parish life uh, has its responsibilities. Yeah. And I, I think of the predecessors that uh, have gone before me. I think I've told Father Sampson so many times since July 5th, I'm like, I don't know how you did all that and was the pastor of a parish. Right. I kept saying thank you to him. It's like, <laughs> holy cow. Yeah, it would be a lot. So, mm-hmm. uh, Father Klein, what is your role right now? Yeah, so my role is uh, new as of last July. <laughs> right, so I've right. been kind of doing this for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's adjusted a bit 
this year with uh, Father Kapperman full-time. But I'm the chaplain at O'Gorman um, in Sioux Falls. And then on the weekends, I help at the cathedral with right. um, confessions, mass, pontifical servers for the bishop. And right. then um, vocations advocate. So because right. our former vocations director uh, was also a pastor, one of the things he wanted help on was like, how do I outreach to potential seminarians or, mm-hmm. you know, guys who may be interested but have nowhere to go, maybe um, aren't super connected with their pastor or maybe their pastor has a multitude of parishes mm-hmm. and they just really don't see each other that often. So to try and be some sort of like support for them. And yeah. then also with that organizing seminary visits and oh, sure. going through the application with uh, the, the guys as they as they do apply. So that's been my role yeah. uh, the last year. So really... It seems to me like that vocations advocate is very much connected to your chaplaincy at O'Gorman. Um, while you're not maybe necessarily like working as that vocations advocate, it really is part of that, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's so much overlap between yeah. that and then even like the pontifical servers at the cathedral, oh, sure. you know, because you have um, some that are students at O'Gorman, but some that are not students at O'Gorman that come to serve. Mm-hmm. That, um, hopefully there is just this ability to like, encourage the question amongst these young men. Yeah. Um, what is God calling me to? How is God calling me to love him and to serve him? Right. Right. Cause a lot of, a lot of young men do come to discern the priesthood through being an altar server, pontifical mm-hmm. server, um, getting to know priests at, yeah, at high school or whatever. So, so it's good that you guys are both there. Mm-hmm. I imagine that those students really like the two of you. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. They both <laughs> yeah. look at me like, hmm, I don't know how to answer that because. <laughs> no, I think I think uh, I think they do. For me, just looking back, we didn't have a full time chaplain when I was a right. student at O'Gorman, right? Um, but I think just having the presence of a priest is really mm-hmm. uh, helpful, and uh, just getting to know them by being around them more, and then yeah. also, I think in a way, without diminishing the, uh, you know, I just was reflecting on this actually as I was coming over here today. Mm-hmm. G- um, St. Paul says that Jesus did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at. Mm-hmm. So Jesus' ability to humble himself and relate with uh, sinful humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes, too, as a priest, I need to remember, like, I never want to diminish the sacredness of the priesthood right. at all. Right. Um, but I also don't want that sort of equality with God something to be grasped at. Right. You know, I want to make sure that I'm also available to... Uh, minister to 14 year olds where 14 year olds are at, right? Um, which is right. a very different place <laughs> than yes, a 30, for sure. 30 year old or whoever it is that we're, we're working with. Right. So, right. Yeah. I suppose, um, see, I see you guys as young, but they probably are like, Hey, those old guys over there. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the diocese is really taking a different approach to formation right now. Uh, can you describe what that is? Father Kapperman? Yeah, so I think the approach to formation is one of, I think the best word to describe it is investment. Okay. Of really just pouring forth into the life of these men being formed, uh, just putting our resources, uh, putting our resources and investing in these men. Because there's a lot of ways, or I guess within a diocese, there's only X amount of resources that you have. So you think about a day, there's only 24 hours in a day. And how you prioritize the day shows what's important to you. Mm-hmm. And so within our diocese, the approach uh, has now been like, well, we want to promote holiness. Mm-hmm. We want to promote men and women who want to lay down their life for Christ. Um, and part of it is we want good and holy priests that 
as we continue uh, forward in the set of blaze, like part of this is to have well-formed priests who are giving of themselves to the people of God. And if that's a priority in the diocese, then we want that to be a priority in formation. Yeah. Um, and I think a very concrete way is with the propedeutic year. So mm-hmm. with the propedeutic year, it's a brand new thing in the life of the church. Mm-hmm. And most people, when they view seminary formation, they think of going off to a seminary. Right. Like, for example, the seminaries we use are in St. Paul and in Winona. Um but rather than that, the diocese is saying, well, what if we invested in the men for that first year? Mm-hmm. What if we really got to know the man and the man really got to know the diocese? Mm-hmm. What if we poured forth ourselves into these men so that they can clearly discern, like, am I called to be a priest of the diocese of St. Right. Paul's? Right. And so really just it's an investment uh, by the diocese, uh, ensuring that our men are receiving the formation that they need. And then for their own discernment sake, for them to know the diocese mm-hmm. and to say, like, but I laid out my life for these people for the people yeah. of God in Eastern South Dakota. Yeah. Probably a question they didn't really ask themselves before. It was, I re, I think of my own time in seminary. Um, it was a little difficult discerning diocesan priesthood when you weren't in the diocese. Sure. And every time you came back in the summer, you're like, oh yeah, I'm definitely called here. Like <laughs> I love it here. Um, but then during the year it's, it, you were doing a lot of academic studies. It was a whole different environment. And just over the course of the year, you're, you were yearning to be back in the diocese. Um, and to really enter, uh, discern, like, am I called to be for that diocese mm-hmm. and for the men to be able to receive it their first year of seminary is a mm-hmm. tremendous gift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So the propedeutic year, that was something that, um, Pope Francis, now I don't know if this was like his idea, but this is, I mean, yeah, it was during he, his he uh, pontificate. Yes. Yep. It was, he introduced this and asked all dioceses to, to begin doing this. Um, so what exactly are they doing? I know this is additional formation, but what kind of formation are we talking about here? Whichever one of you want to take so that So he's on. in charge of the propedeutic program. So Father Scott's so, like, mm-hmm. I'm out of this. Out. <laughs> yep. Yep. So uh, we both live in the Nazareth house. Yeah. Um, but my role is to oversee the men and to ensure that they're having good formation. And then Father Tony's role is to assist in that okay. and to just be present to the men so that they can see two priests interacting. They can see what priestly mm-hmm. community looks like. Um, that they can goof around with him. Like just have other interactions with a priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, my role is to uh, be a little bit more of the law enforcer of the oh. house. So, um, so Father Klein gets to be the fun guy. Yep, he's and right. you fun get guy. to be the enforcer. Wow. Yep. And the man will even tell you that. <laughs> like you're like the fun uncle. Yep. I, yep. Can, I can totally see that yep. in you too. Um, I'm sorry. What was the question? I'm totally What the is question. the propedeutic year? What, what, are, they doing? what are they doing? What are they doing? Well, yeah, what kind of formation are they going yep. through? So the propedeutic year, uh, again, the propedeutic, what it means is before teaching. So yeah. before they go off and receive the academic formation, it's really focusing on the human and spiritual side of things. Mm-hmm. And so most of their work is surrounding those two pillars of formation, those two dimensions of formation, the human side. So now how do I relate with others? How do I relate with myself and spiritual side? How do I relate with God and how do I see myself in light of God's love okay. for me? And so uh, Tuesdays, for example, is more focused on human formation. Mm-hmm. So we bring in a speaker, for example, from the Lord Center oh, sure. uh, and we'll give a topic. So they just had a talk on uh, eating and sleeping healthy which is great because some of the men weren't, weren't eating or sleeping as healthy as they needed to be. <laughs> and so it just, it was a perfect timing that then we had a talk and like we cooked together and talked about good eating habits, good sleeping habits. Uh, so Tuesdays are focused more on human formation. Mm-hmm. Wednesdays are a little more focused on spiritual formation. Okay. So this morning, uh, which we're recording on a Wednesday, um, they received uh, school missionary discipleship. They watched oh, the videos uh, that yeah. Father Scott put together mm-hmm. on prayer, relational prayer. Um, and they just have time to unpack uh, their relationship with God on Wednesdays. Right. Thursdays, they'll go down 
to actually Mount Marty and receive formation from a professor down there, Dr. Jason Heron. And they'll uh-huh. take a class on scripture and the catechism. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, to really know the voice of the Lord as he speaks through uh, divine revelation that's found in uh, scripture and divine revelation as it's found in the life of the church. Um, and then Fridays, they actually do an apostolate. So they'll go uh, oh. serve. And the principal apostolate that they serve at is the O'Gorman Junior High. Sure. So they come over with me, one for them to see how does this priest that they're living with, how does he interact with uh, and uh, with students and how does he do as an apostolate, but also for them to be able to invest and cultivate what does spiritual fatherhood, yeah. um, uh, what does that look like? And then Saturdays they'll serve with Father Tony um, with the uh, Bishop's TV Mass, four o'clock with oh, the sure. pontifical service. Yep. And then, That's why we have so many right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is all making sense. Yep. And then uh, <laughs> Sunday uh, they actually go out to local parishes and they'll serve Sunday morning masses at the local parish. So. Oh. If we have Holy Spirit parishioners or St. Catherine Drexel parishioners listening, they'll probably have seen on Sunday morning the propedeutic men yeah. serving in their parishes. Yeah. Um, I guess one aspect, they also are involved at campus ministry at Christ oh, the okay. King. So Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, they go hang out with campus uh, with the campus ministry, mostly just to enter into friendships. Yeah. So they're not missionaries oh, there. Yeah. They're just fellow, they're peers. Yeah. They're the seminarians. And so just for them to be able to cultivate good friendships with their peers surrounded by Christ. Yeah. Um, and they've loved it. They went rock climbing with the crew. Like <laughs> it's been, it's been awesome. Uh, just seeing them interacting with their peers. Yeah. So, okay. This actually sounds really great because honestly in our society right now, um, there's so much working against these guys while mm-hmm. working against all of us, but certainly against men discerning priesthood. So kind of want to hear from both of you, like, what are you seeing? So, so the Nazareth house where you are living and where the propedeutic men are living, um, was where the PES brothers were mm-hmm. uh, until just recently when they moved to Mitchell mm-hmm. uh, to be where their the other priests are there. And so the propedeutic house was, or, or people were able to move into the Nazareth house. So how has all that been, the move in, the getting settled, and what are you seeing so far? So Father Tony, you want to start? Sure. Yeah. So um, the brothers where they were moving to had some stuff provided still there. And so the brothers left, uh, I mean, it was in like very good shape for us to learn into the, uh, the the chapel is beautiful. And Mm -hmm. I mean, they left, uh, beautiful statues and I mean, there was lots of, lots of stuff in order. Um, uh, now there were some things obviously that they took that were theirs. So, uh, it was kind of a quick turnaround. We turned, moved in in July and had to, um, both of us were kind of in and out for a lot of the summer. Mm -hmm. And so while we were there, uh, just trying to get things ready and set up, uh, and in some ways there are a few little odds and ends things, but that's like at anyone's home, right? You move in, there's always little projects to do. Um, but it was, it was cool before these seminarians moved in before the propedeutic guys, it is also serving as a a house for the seminarians when they're home in the summer. Right. Uh, so after they all finished their assignments, uh, we had, uh, anywhere from two to four, I think at once we had, um, seminarians that before they went back to the cities, either they don't live in Sioux Falls, right. but they had to be here for a little while right. or they do live in Sioux Falls. And three weeks, um, was just a long time to be at home, mm-hmm. uh, especially being away from a place of living yeah. with other seminarians, um, and living away from a chapel. Sure. And that's the, a lot oh, of the guys sure. wanted to just have a place to pray in the morning and then would yeah. go spend time with their families. Yep. Um, you know, in the evenings or in the afternoons, depending on their schedule. Mm-hmm. But it 
has become also like a real home for mm-hmm. the seminarians, which uh, has been That's cool. Really and it's cool. been a gift for us too. Yeah. Um, we so get didn't along. really have that before, right? It, it was just go stay in a rectory somewhere yep. perhaps. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And now rectories are, you know, a little more full because priests mm-hmm. are living together with the pastorates. Right. And so um, it allows for community amongst the seminarians still when they're home to continue to pray together and support one another. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything from you, Father Kaeperman, as far as no. what you've seen so far? And so it's been a gift to see the seminarians when they're home, uh, living in that and uh, living in the house and making it a home. And then it's also been a gift for the men to be able to, the propedeutic men to be able to live together and form friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, so Father Tony and I were ordained together. We're classmates. Right. But it wasn't until this year that we actually lived together. Oh, um, sure. But for these men who will, uh, I mean, God willing, they, they might be ordained the exact same year. Um, they're already spending time with one another, developing mm-hmm. friendships. And that will continue on when they go to uh, Winona, when they go to St. Paul yeah. for seminary. Like their uh, friendships are being established now yeah. and will continue with them as they head off to seminaries. Yeah. And so it's just been awesome to see a depth of friendship among our first year seminarians uh, yeah. occurring within our diocese. Yeah, that'll be really important for them when they come back. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they are ordained, when they come back, they have already like, webs of support kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. You two were on opposite ends of the diocese for until just recently. Yeah. Yeah. And even in but, seminary opposite sides of the yeah. world. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Cause yeah. you were in Rome, weren't you Father Klein? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. on other sides of campus at St. Paul for a couple yep. of years. Yeah. Yep. So you weren't supposed to come together till now. Until yeah. now. Yep. <laughs> and we haven't killed each other yet. Yep. So That's good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know even Bishop uh, had gone and visited the Nazareth house, I believe just recently. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very excited about the Nazareth house. Mm-hmm. Just really, really uh, pumped about it. And he said one of the, um, guys there had said he wasn't, he, it made him feel a lot better, uh, discerning the priesthood, knowing that the propedeutic gear was something that was there now because he felt like he could really, um, adjust his life and himself to a more, uh, more conducive way to discern. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's important. You got to like wrench yourself out of society a little bit or out of the Mm -hmm. secular, um, culture that we have. Um, okay. We don't have a ton of time left. Uh, one of the things I wanted to make, sh- make sure we talked about was two things, the impact of um, pastoral planning on vocations and what others in the diocese can do to help. So I don't know which one of you wants to tackle. One I can of those. start. Okay. Um, yeah. We talk a lot and I think we have talked a lot um, in our diocese for a while about vocations. I remember mm-hmm. as a kid growing up, you know, at St. Lambert, we would pray the vocations prayer before mass. Yeah. And we um, started doing that at home too. And I think it's important for us to pray for mm-hmm. vocations. Um, but I think it's important for us to have a holistic understanding of vocation. Yeah. You know, all of us in our baptism have a primary vocation of holiness yep. to love God, to serve him. Um, and then the secondary vocation is okay, God, how are you calling me to love mm-hmm. you? How are you calling me to serve you? Um, and so when we talk about vocations in the church, a lot of times what we're talking about is that secondary vocation. Right. Like, am I called to priesthood? Am I called to religious life, consecrated life, single life, marriage? Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for us to highlight that each of those is indeed a way to fulfill our primary obligation mm-hmm. of holiness. Mm-hmm. Um, the call to discipleship is lived out in particular ways. Um, because I don't think I don't think we should only emphasize one right. uh, vocation at the expense of others. Now, right. um, certainly we know there is a crisis of priestly vocations and uh, we have certain parishes that people want priests at, which Mm -hmm. we, it's a beautiful thing that when we want priests and in our diocese, you know, we're a little unique and just, we're so rural. Um, And so 
I think our number of priests to faithful ratio is pretty similar to what it's been actually for a right. while, but we're set up to have more priests uh, because of our past. Right. Uh, so that's, I think, where we're feeling the vocations crunch. It's not mm-hmm. as much between priests and people. It's more priests and buildings right. and locations. Right. Distances, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, which is a real a real uh, difficulty, mm-hmm. you know, to navigate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it is important for us to promote holy marriages, to yes. promote religious sisters, yes. um, and to promote a holiness of life in general. Yeah. Um, you know, most, almost all priests come from families that grow up practicing uh, the faith, intact marriages, mm-hmm. where they witness mom and dad love each other and they sacrifice their lives. Yeah. And um, so it is important to kind of emphasize the holistic understanding of vocation yes. is a call to holiness. Yeah. We all take a part in it, Yeah, really. So, um, Father Kaplan, the set ablaze side, the pastoral planning side, you had, before we came on, you had kind of talked about that a little bit. Can you tell us how that is going to, Im- can impact vocations for us. Yeah. So part of the set of lays, uh, pastoral planning is to really, uh, invigorate and enliven, uh, the lay faithful mm-hmm. in, um, ministering within the diocese. Uh, that part of it is to be able to entrust to the lay faithful and really foster within the lay faithful, a sense of missionary, uh, discipleship mm-hmm. among the parishes. Well, within that, uh, any missionary disciple, anyone who is, uh, giving their heart to Christ wants to see others give their heart to Christ. Mm-hmm. And the natural way of giving your heart to Christ is either in marriage, in a priesthood, uh, in religious life. And so the more that we're able to foster within the lay faithful their own sense of missionary discipleship, the more that they will desire others to give their life to Christ. Mm -hmm. And whenever somebody turns to Christ and says, I want to give my life to you, um, there's going to be more vocations, uh, uh, more vocations to priesthood, more vocations to religious life. And so I think overall the goal of Set of Blaze is to really enliven within the hearts of all people of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, a real personal call to missionary discipleship. And by virtue of that, uh, we'll see, like there will, within the hearts of more people, there'll be the question of God, where are you leading me? Yeah. Yeah. I think if we all can uh, kind of live our baptismal call, there's real hope mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. an increase in vocations, both in marriage and in priesthood, because we actually mm-hmm. need an increase in marriage vocations right. too, yeah. in case anyone's noticed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Some of the most beautiful uh, events I've ever been to are beautiful ordinations mm-hmm. and beautiful weddings. Yeah. Because yeah. in both of those, you see men and women lay, uh, laying down their life for Christ. You yeah. see disciples of Christ giving of themselves and saying, God, I want you to lead my life. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You guys have anything else? We have like 30 seconds before I got to go. Is there anything else we missed? If you're ever driving on Kiwanis, look for a tub that says, Holy Mary, pray for us. Eventually we'll get a statue of Mary to put in the tub. Uh, but we've got a tub. I've always wanted a bathtub need, with Mary need, in it. With eyes of faith. With eyes can, of faith. You can see you it. Can see it. <laughs> so, the house is right on Kiwanis if you're ever Do we need some donations by. collected or what? <laughs> I think there's one in the works. There's one in the works okay, on the way. Okay. But as of right now, there's no Mary in the bathtub. So. We'll, we'll watch for that and spread the word if we can. Yep. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming in and um, we'll have you come in again as we're going along and just see how the progress is and what's happening. Cause I think we, we should all kind of keep up on it. So thanks, thanks a lot. Thank you so much. You bet. Uh, if you haven't found us on social media yet, you can find us at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at SF Diocese. And don't forget this month uh, in the Bishop's Bulletin, we have a survey that we are um, asking everybody in the diocese to take, to tell us what you are looking for in your media. So you can find that in the Bishop's Bulletin and scan the QR code and take that survey. That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views.